In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to the Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Viscatelli, and we are inspired by a co-host whose passion for our republic precedes him everywhere he goes, Raymond Wong Jr. Thank you, thank you, and I want you to know I'm completely naked in the metaverse. This is episode number 49. We're in season three, and we are going to be having a metaverse of a time. I would... I would like to clarify my last statement, okay? I am a robot in the metaverse. So technically I have no clothes for all intensive purposes. I'm naked, but that's the that's about the metaverse. You, you can be what you want to be. Okay, I follow you now. You're talking I'm about glad. your avatar. I'm glad to clarify. I'm glad, yeah, like, well, I mean, what did you think I was talking about that? I'm just out there crazy. I mean, the metaverse is wild. I want to be very clear about that. But it's not that wild. The people that are putting the metaverse into play have been doing this internet thing for some some time. So they've got lots of filters and things. So genuinely, if I had a mission to be human level naked, it just wouldn't be possible. So let's talk a little bit about that. So far, it's been a relatively safe experience out there in the metaverse. So I don't know what your interpretation of. So when I, when I ask you, Michael, we've been talking a lot about this and I've been um, in there for, uh, for our efforts and such, but what do you imagine? Like just people running around, do you imagine naked robots now because of what I've said? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for asking the question. I really have a hard time imagining what the metaverse necessarily is like from a literal perspective, I hadn't really considered about what things look like. I haven't really thought about, you know, what, what the experience would be look like, looking like. What I have thought about is maybe all the different things that'll be out there um, because I haven't dived in. So Ray, like you mentioned, you've got the headset, you've gone all the way. We're going to talk about, you know, everything from your experience today. Thank you for already sharing some of it. Um, and then, you know, just going into some action items like, like we normally do. So Ray's going to tell us a little bit about his experience from the inside. I thank you for asking me the question so I can share a little bit about what I'm thinking about from the outside and hopefully somewhere in between, it'll give everyone a better picture, better view to triangulate against. So that was a long winded way to get back to answering your question. But I'm excited about all the possibilities for not just gaming and, and other things that might happen in there, um, but for experiences that can't be created, but would really be beneficial for humans, which is a lot of things science has already been using them for, like psychology and things like that. Um, if, if a lot of people can enter the metaverse, and I imagine it being like the holodeck, Right. It's the holodeck, but it's wrapped and attached to your face today. Maybe someday it'll be like the holodeck. And I'm referring to some technology that was on Star Trek, the next generation and subsequent probably series. But in any case, it was immersive world that is all program driven. Right. So anything you can imagine can be programmed and you get to experience it. But they would get to enter an environment today with VR. We wrap it around our eyes. And then I imagine the future is all going to be all kinds of sensors we can hook up to 
<laughs> um, to help make that environment seem more real to our brain. Um, but yeah, why not learning? Why not uh, games? Why not um, you know people having access to their own areas, their own platforms to make their own environments that they want to experience, almost like art? I don't know. I appreciate your your insight, and, and actually, for not being in there, that was pretty astute for the future. Because I'll I'll say that most people in the metaverse are wandering around. And they have the same feelings. They don't know exactly what this is all about. They don't know what they're going to do there or what their purpose is. Um, and, and a lot of people are soul searching or virtually soul searching to understand uh, what, what this means to them, what it means to their family, what it means to interactions and such. And I think what's important is that uh, my experience has been it is so new and there's so much unknown that you also have a lot of um, rumor mill, right? We're very susceptible in our society. So very quickly, you could tell people were very susceptible to um, buzz, rumors, et cetera. So the experience I'm seeing is similar to social media in regards to that, that captivated audience, if you will. So the other part of this, you know, what, what I get to is, is kind of who, who's out there, right? So, um, I want to stress that it's kind of all over the board. Uh, what's happening is there is a huge group of business individuals, consultants, uh, people that are being put in there from their companies to understand and explore the metaverse and see the options. So there are consultants in there, right? Then you have a large sect of parents who purchased this device for their children and now they're using it because their children just were not interested. And the reason why is because it is not set up to the level that people would experience, right, um, would expect. I think everyone, if they think about virtual reality and what the standard is, it's a, it's a movie called Ready Player One or a book for those of you that are astute. And the, the Ready Player One scenario is kind of the model that they're trying to go for. Now, it's just it's not there yet. Um, but what you see is everyone in there trying to understand it. So what I'd say is it's full of noobs for all of you gamer gamer terms and such. It, it's really an, a wild, wild west. And that's how we all kind of think of it, because there's really no rhyme, reason, explanation. In some ways, there's no rules except for your own self-policing of the environment and such. And I, and I don't know if that raises any questions or even even segues from what your thoughts of what this place is. It's just like being in a real city. It's just that no one can hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that segue, because that's kind of what I was thinking about. I was thinking about now the social aspects of it. You know, there's a couple of stories you've told me, you know, during our conversations that have piqued my curiosity about people seeking connectedness out there um especially because we're coming out of covid and everything like that and there's a lot of isolation going on and it's safe it's it's safer i mean i think back to people getting excited about online chat and stuff like that but most people would use that to connect to friends they already had not a lot of people necessarily made a ton of new friends through chat unless it was like a room and i see this these vr environments as like big chat rooms right <laughs> with avatars and so random people are getting to interact and maybe there's something going on that's drawing them there or maybe it is randomness right for for whatever purposes and maybe new connections are, are being made because 
we've been so isolated socially. Um, and, and the possibilities are really interesting, right? You spend money and you put this, you have this headset, you, you spend the money one time, and then there's all these worlds, environments, events, and activities and people you gain access to without necessarily even spending more money. Uh, but you, you can keep me honest on that. I mean, let's, uh, you know, going, going down that path. And, and just before we go too far down this new rabbit hole, I want to talk about the connectedness because connectedness, because you, you, you sparked a thought. Um, there was a farmer and it was shocking to me, right? Cause it speaks, it speaks to the problems in our country and why we have this, kind of disdain but there was a farmer who had uh, not had internet his whole life essentially he only had internet within the last two years and having that internet enabled him to get an oculus and he was able to use this oculus and he literally broke down crying just because he never had friends he never had time for friends he just has time for the field but the oculus allows him to go into the city like we were talking about mike so in a sense it's not even about money sometimes it's just about time as a farmer there is no time to drive the three or four hours into the city after you've done your work for the day so this literally allowed him to expand his horizons make connections and essentially make friends and i think that is the golden moment i think of our senior citizens who could be utilizing this technology, those that are no longer mobile. And here's the bottom line uh, that, I'll, that I'll drop one more egg here, why I believe it's going to be successful is because there's not enough capacity. There's not enough dinosaur blood left in the earth to let everyone in the world travel the world. There's just not the capacity. We don't have the ships or the planes for it, nor do we have the fuel. It doesn't seem attainable, right? So there needs to be a middle ground for the human race to connect and explore and satisfy that need to, to go beyond their boundaries, right? That is, that is a human need. The VR answers it. There's no way all 8 billion people can travel. It just, it just will never work in this world. So, so I'll back up there from my kind of my high horse on that and say, you know, what thoughts does that invoke? It's amazing. Cause I mean, you're, we spend a lot of time talking about the United States. That's our focus. But when you talk about global challenge of that, no, there's no way there's never any way we were going to have capacity for everyone in the world to be able to travel the way a few do enjoy it. Right. Oh, wow. So here you go. Here's the better alternative from so many perspectives, right? And it's safer too. I mean, I think about the surrogates. That was a sci-fi movie. I think it was starring Bruce Willis. I don't remember who else was in it. But the long story short of that one was is everybody stayed at home and they hooked into the internet, but they would actually send a robot out as a surrogate in the, in the real world on their behalf, which course was safer for them because <laughs> they're actually at home hooked up to the internet um any anyway i digress so this idea that yeah this um that's a powerful story so you know we we need food we need farmers and a lot of the things that we put forward are ideas that might actually make more of us become farmers and we wouldn't want to propose people for, from being disconnected so I think it's really important we extend the internet to everyone. I think this is actually the kind of equalizer in that sense, um, being able to create that just the opportunity for that social connectedness that wouldn't otherwise happen. 
I, I just see lots of possibility. I mean, you could create a much stronger sense of unity, national unity and framework. If we had some virtual spaces, we were all able to cohabitate and get to know one another, right? Um, fascinating. I don't know. My 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 brain is <laughs> alight with ideas. Yeah, um, right. The challenge is like the, the workplace. I, I mean, I've been that's where my brain has been is like, what is the what is the future? Now people can work. Uh, and, you know, individuals who were, were not mobile, didn't have the ability to get into an office, can now work in a storefront virtually. You know, individuals that would be unable to do um, retail work, essentially, now become essential part. Customer service delivered virtually instead of, you know, so you get that, you get back to brick and mortar without brick and mortar. Kind of scares me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with all things, balance is required, and I'm sure we'll make opportunities to talk about that. Today, we are not talking about how to live a, a well, well-lived life. <laughs> Today, we're talking about the metaverse. <laughs> so, right, like, get it on the metaverse, right? So, so okay. I mean, like, so, so just getting to like what's going on right there. So, it, what's out there? Games is mostly what it is, right? There's a connectivity for gaming. And frankly, for most gamers, it's, 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 it's wonderful. Cause how often do we spend time setting up the game, getting ready, waiting for the third party, right? Waiting for the fourth party. So now you just run around a virtual world together and act like fools until, until the game's ready to get going. Right. And you can all travel together. And, and that's, what's being built out. A lot of the, the, the things that, uh, you know, Facebook is spending or meta is losing tons of money is investing in these platforms so you can build any game you want, right? So if you want a game that we can jump around um, off a cliff and see who can jump faster off a cliff, like a really simple, dumb game, it works. You, you can build it in the metaverse because they've made these flexible tools for you. So it is totally gaming. It is totally focused on, on that piece. However, um, Microsoft just announced that they're going to be expanding their metaverse piece into the office. So they're going to make it part of virtual meetings and interactions. It's going to be their office suite, how they're going to basically enhance interaction. So that the metaverse piece that exists called alt space is going to be expanded into the office space if Microsoft has their way. And so far their collaboration tools are taken over. So we'll continue to see, you know, anyone that's doubted them thus far. So, the other pieces, you know, outside of games, there's a lot of other things like museums, art galleries, other things showing up. But you had an interesting question about universities, right? And you you actually looked into that, Mike. So that's one that intrigues me as well. School, like it's so expensive. Maybe if we did it here, it wouldn't be eighty thousand dollars a year. It's a it is a fascinating proposition, and it, it was interesting. I haven't dug into all of the article or, or taking the article to task, so to speak. But in any case, I did come across this headline, an idea that uh, I think it was positioned as to why the metaverse was not ready potentially to take on university study. Um, meaning, you know, could university students attend class in the metaverse? Pretty simple, I think, question um, to put forth. And I think the very simple answer is yes. Now, the whole point of this article I was reading was <laughs> to argue that it's not ready or that there's some um, challenges 
with that being feasible. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it another read, look over, do my own additional research and I'll, I'll be coming back with some of the arguments as to why that's a bunk. Cause quite frankly, if I think about, first of all, the VR headset, you know, it's pretty isolating today, at least that experience. So you put on your VR headset and you don't see anything in the real world. <laughs> you are now in the metaverse. And, you know, if you log into your classroom, you know, maybe they make it so you can't leave. You have to actually take your headset off or something you can't. Or if you do leave, the, the professor knows about it, right? So you're either in class today in real life or not. This classroom is going to exist at a particular address in the metaverse and people are going to be expected to show up or not. So, you know, attendance would be automated. You could deliver, you could deliver lectures beyond belief. Now, none of the current university professors outside of those that, who study this type of stuff, computer science, et cetera, would even imagine a lecture hall where they can animate everything that they're talking about and bring you through things in real time. And imagine learning biology by being able to zoom into cells and interact with the parts of cells. Like I can only imagine incredible possibilities for learning potential um, for the metaverse. So, because you have so much control over the environment that you experience. So I, I, like I said, I'll go back through the article and see why it can't be done, but I am very skeptical. It is, it is, it is hard for the, the, for me to imagine why the metaverse um, wouldn't be successful, just not even just the comments I made before, um, but just because how expensive everything is. Like the current economy, because we are still citizens prerogative. So our current citizen situation is that the cheap products from other nations allow us to live the lives we do today. And in the future, there's there may not be a cheap option if equality cascades like it should across the world. So what it means is we all will have to have less physical and maybe a little more meta. And that's that's a shift we've all started to make, right? How many of you have DVDs and Blu-rays anymore? I mean, are, are we all digital? We're already moving towards this digital meta space, right? So, I mean, give up the physical because it's wasteful. And on that note... Time for a message from our sponsor, Citizen Do Good. Politics is war simply without bloodshed, a saying paraphrased from Mao that rings true to today. The war for liberty and justice for us all is never over and every battle counts. Our republic still holds the promise of our freedom and it is up to us to unleash its potential. The time is now to reimagine ourselves and our systems of governance for the dawning of a new day. We are a proud sponsor of the Citizens Prerogative Podcast, a major partner in spreading the good word about civic love and the power of change for us all. At Citizen Do Good, we plan to continue having these conversations so that all citizens are encouraged to invest in themselves and their communities. Keeping that goal in mind, we need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. Help spread the word by sharing your favorite post or Citizens Prerogative podcast episode from our sponsor's Facebook page, Citizen Do Good. Feel free to use the hashtag CDG when you share. Thanks for your support. You know, as we get into the roaring 20s here, uh, you know, even before they came, I was kind of thinking, what's going to be big? 
what's going to be so different, right? Because that's what happened last. You know, history repeats itself. It's been a hundred years. What's going to really change? And and I think we're seeing it. And I really, I worry because there's a lot of people that are resistant to this, the new environment, right? But if you hear about these NFTs, right? Money being made around NFTs, it's all tied into the same thing, the metaverse and this digital space where you own these digital products, et cetera, um, is coming. And in the internet, if you think about, sit back and you say, oh, I should have known. Yeah, I should have invested in Google. I should have invested in Apple. I should have invested in all these. And, and again, we don't give investment advice here. But what I'm saying is those of you that had the feeling of, I should have got involved. I do believe we're at the critical junction with this new product. It is completely it's, it's at another level. And the collaboration between major corporations is like unlike anything we've ever seen. So it's going to be, I think, I believe revolutionary. I don't know who the winners will be, but what I do know is early adopters as usual are always going to be the winners when it comes to, you know, the, 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 the foundation of building this thing out. No, that that's right. Even from, from my outsider's perspective, <laughs> I have to agree. This is um, this is as fundamental as the birth of the internet, you know. And so anybody who is with it, or even the emergence of the internet, maybe not its birth. Most of us weren't there when it was born, <laughs> but many of us were there when it showed up on our PCs, when it started showing up on our computers, and it was really accessible. That is the same kind of point in time, and and the type of explosion that can happen. Like not everybody could en- envision all the possibilities that this technology is going to unlock. Speaking of, let's just take a little quick step back. You mentioned NFTs. I also think we talked a lot about um, intermittently like VR headsets and we're saying metaverse and we're using all this terminology and it's not for no reason. So, you know, I just want to define the metaverse a little bit for folks because, and anybody feel free to school me on this. (laughs) But essentially, the metaverse is the online experience that's built on top of Web 3.0. And if you haven't heard Web 3.0, that basically is trying to differentiate itself from the current internet we log on to today, HTTPS colon forward slash, you know, whatever. That's Web 2.0 and mobile came. But Web 3.0 is fundamentally different because of the blockchain technology. And we've done we've done a few other episodes and I'll make sure we link back to those. But we've talked about blockchain in the past. We've talked about crypto. This is another iteration. This is another spin on the possibilities that are unleashed when you build things with blockchains. So it's, it's the metaverse because it, it can't just be plain old VR. It, it, it is married to this online ecosystem, this online internet. So normally today, if you just played regular plain old VR, you're probably just playing a game that's on your local PlayStation. Maybe the PlayStation network allows you to play a game with other people on the PlayStation network. The metaverse is the, is the internet. It's built on the internet. Um, and so it's interesting because that's what also makes it fundamentally different than meta. Uh, the parent company of Facebook. That is like America Online. It's its own kind of thing, but it has has a feature. It wants to 
help make the metaverse easier to access. Um, because imagine the metaverse is really maybe the earth. <laughs> and on earth, you have streets to walk to stores. And when you walk into a store, you have a credit card, you have a wallet. You know, There are things about how you interact in real life that are being replicated in the metaverse. And Facebook meta is a trying to be a component of that foundation. And Ray, do you want to jump in there? Because this is experiential territory now. They're not just trying to, you know, be in that they want to own the whole thing. And, and there's a there's a huge debate because as I understand, uh, you know, basic Facebook setup is not traditional web 3.0 like we would like to see, right? It's not as open. So as I understand it, this is not a perfect space. It's like it's like there's still it's IOA, IOI, right? If you've seen the movie um of of a a ready player one the the corporation is is involved right and there are individuals involved and we're all in this huge world that's interconnected and it gets more complex than that because you can take these headset devices and connect them to your pc and go to worlds that are not even connected to facebook right so you can go outside of those worlds using headset technology so you're not limited uh, and, and that's a key thing right we should probably talk about how, how to explore, right? Because Facebook is not the only one with a headset. In fact, there are rumored and, and future headsets coming out across the board. Um, even Apple is rumored to be re releasing one. And that's, that's, a big, that's a big deal because that's cross-platform. Um, bad news on the Sony front, since you brought it up, they're not joining the metaverse as it is currently. That's a big boo wow. and, and probably a wrong move. I think it's short-sighted on their, their side. But oh, Sony might Sony fans might come after us, but please subscribe if you do. All right. And we also have, um, you know, used headsets are a big thing. Okay. A lot of people purchase these Oculus headsets for the kids and they're, it's not really ready for the kids. In fact, cause you, you, you need social skills, you need dynamic, you need a purpose to be on there. There's not enough games. So these used headsets are available in mass out there thinking about you know how to get into get into it just a heads up though i think oculus one is being phased out so I, facebook is pushing that one or meta is pushing that one out their current product is oculus 2 quest something like that yeah the oculus 2 the quest 2 is is the primary and that it's just and even that one's struggling you know there there's reports that it's getting hot because it's just a lot of demand on the on, on the processor and such and the and the unit, but um, there's more technology. I just want to clarify something. You talked about teachers and classrooms emotions. Um, I want to put point out that there are companies developing um, haptic uh, gloves and body suits where you can fill everything. They use actual bubbles that are filled with air, and you you wonder why Facebook's dumping tons of money in here they're buying these companies, the, the, these haptic glove companies. There's companies that um, detect your legs using sensors so they can get full body movement and, and, and orientation now. So all of the technology is, is, is coming that's going to make these even better and more immersive. So like you said early on in this conversation, um, to trick your mind into thinking you're there. That's incredible. Imagine wearing a bodysuit, you know, with a VR headset. You could be laying, rolling around in grass. You could go for a swim or something, you know, in a way. 
I mean, you'd have to be suspended. I guess you'd be, you'd have to be suspended in midair or something. But anyway, I digress. That's incredible. All right. So a um, little bit of uh, movement into calls to action there. So for people who are looking for ways to get into this thing, we, we mentioned that uh, Meta has a, head, a headset, Facebook. There's some alternative headsets as well, but I think um, those you probably have to hook up to a PC or something like that to operate them. Ray, you were mentioning anybody could get there without a headset. That's that- right. Like they, they are making them available on mobile phones. It's a big move. And you can also make your mobile phone a headset. Uh, if you look on the internet, there are templates you can download to you, you know create a little box that goes on your head and then you drop your phone into it and you can use your phone as a VR headset. So it is accessible, but some of these apps are available uh, there. And, and some of these apps are being developed, right? There are apps out there that you can get to from your PC, um, play to earn apps actually. So you actually have the ability to earn money on some apps and they're just not available visually on the VR because that's huge development, right? So some companies are actually having you play the game on your PC initially, earn to play, and eventually it'll be moved to that full immersion experience. So um, you can get involved um, all over the place, just, just you know, or, or, and lastly, right, Michael, stick with us, subscribe with us, because as we dig in, we're always gonna keep you along with our journey. That's for sure. I think that's going to be a wrap. We have been your hosts. Thank you to Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. Thank you, Mr. Piscatelli. This has truly been an in-person experience. It's been something, that's for sure. For information on this and other episodes, head over to citizendogood.com and click on podcast. While you're there, hit up the contact us page and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from the community. Special thanks to you, our listeners. We save the best for last. You are the best you have been for years. Thank you for your support. We know it's painful and we love you. Intro music sampled from OK Class by Ozzy Jock under Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty-free through Fizzling Studios, Inc.